Welcome to Whitestone Podcast from the Whitestone Forum. This podcast is for business and nonprofit leaders like you and me, specifically designed around building, polishing, and leveraging our competencies. Each episode will provide a lens through which ever-growing citizens of God's kingdom can think about very effectively impacting every one of their organizations. For Whitestone Podcast, I'm Kevin Miller. The words supply chain used to be used on a pretty limited basis by folks such as factory managers and parts suppliers. But recently, in the midst of worldwide crisis, supply chain is suddenly in the vocabulary of middle school students, TV reporters, and shoppers. That's why we're talking about supply chain. In this episode, we'll specifically dive into the fascinating complexities of cooperation. But let's start with a definition. A supply chain is a network of people and organizations and their activities involved in providing a product or service to a consumer. That's it. But beyond that definition, supply chain is a pervasive reality that's enjoyed every day by every person in every consumer-saturated society. So, Just how is it that a shopper in the 21st century came to expect to easily pick up a whole host of unrelated goods, say, a a bicycle, hair gel, a jar of pickles, adhesive tape, batteries, cinnamon, and fresh table cream, and all that in one stop? (laughs) And think of this extravagance. That shopper expects to do that pretty much any time. 24-7 in any major superstore in America. Then he easily fills out a completely different wish list tomorrow at a different store. And then he fills yet a different wish list the next day from a website with millions of items available. And remember, all this happens expecting that every item is available based upon the consumer's whims and wishes who actually assumes and casually expects the immediate fulfillment in the store or the customized delivery to a particular doorstep in a couple of days. Wow, just how and why does all that work? Routinely happening literally in countless billions of transactions each and every year. Well, there's an essential gotta-have-it ingredient for consistent supply chain success. And that ingredient is cooperation. That's right. Every scaled-up enterprise's effectiveness is completely dependent upon cooperation. You see, getting a product or a service to market every moment of every day in a complex society requires significant complex cooperation at many levels. How about an example that we've all benefited from? Consider an automobile being assembled right there on a factory's assembly line. Toyota, one of the most identifiable brands worldwide and widely acknowledged as one of the best manufacturers anywhere, estimates that a typical car has about 30,000 parts. Think of it, 30,000 parts, from itty-bitty little screws to steering wheels, from computer chips to tires. 
Some of those parts are made directly by Toyota, but many are not. They're produced by outside suppliers. And that requires intense planning and coordination. Yes, cooperation with many suppliers. Now, the challenge for Toyota or any other company like it is efficiently managing all those parts that are being installed in all its cars. Can you imagine the massive, intricate coordination that takes? So Toyota's processes include a tool called Kanban boards, which are used to manage product time and space issues. Does the factory have too many tires in stock that are taking up too much space? Are there enough batteries for the next production run? So, a highly orchestrated set of processes is used as the basis for managing and communicating the intricate process of assembling 30,000 parts in each and every car. And this is true for an astute mix of both internally produced parts and externally supplied parts. Can you imagine being a supplier for Toyota? Let's call it EFG Company. You know that all of Toyota's requirements trickle up to its suppliers like EFG. Has EFG delivered the necessary number of parts to a particular Toyota factory this very day? Just the right number? No more and no less? How about EFG simultaneously supplying to a number of other Toyota factories located around the world, from Asia to the Americas? And wait a minute. What about delivery by EFG to all its customers besides Toyota? Perhaps Mercedes-Benz and Honda. And also many other customers not in the car manufacturing business. Of course, all this requires a tremendous amount of cooperation by EFG with all these multiple customers. But let's go further at Toyota. Of course, its supply chain needs are far deeper than just the products supplied by EFG. It's the process of coordinating all the suppliers of those tens of thousands of parts, all orchestrated at the same time, every day, every month, every year, every decade. Now, isn't it clear that all this happens because of the hostility between all the companies and people in the supply chain? Of course not! This all happens year in and year out because of mutually beneficial cooperation with every company and every person working to act as a good steward for everyone involved. But all this doesn't end at Toyota's factory floor, of course. Toyota must build its supply chain to the very end point. Toyota needs very reliable retail personnel to properly communicate the benefits and handle the availability and readiness of the product offering. Let's face it, for the retail customer, Toyota is only as good as the last link in its supply chain, retail accessibility and delivery. Here's the deal. Capitalism, that's what we more accurately call free markets, is famously labeled as dog-eat-dog -dog competition. But the core ingredient the necessary operating reality of the well-being created by free markets is actually cooperation, stewardship-focused cooperation. Indeed, this core reality of a strong supply chain is really a highly orchestrated, baton-passing relay race 
that delivers quality products to customers at the finish line. And that race must be masterfully repeated over and over. But isn't that fruitful cooperation a different picture than the enemies and critics of free markets like to paint? So companies with long-term success like Toyota tend to take good care of their upstream supply chain partners. Why? They know that if their suppliers are not good stewards for their own enterprises, that is, that they are not taking good care of their stockholders and their employees, then these suppliers will not be as reliable as Toyota needs them to be in order for Toyota to avoid costly inventory disruptions. However, executives know that it's often unwise to create the risk of having only one sole source supplier for critical parts. So a key element of astute supply chain strategy is properly managing risk by making sure that there's always a parallel or substitute runner for the daily relay race in the supply chain. Now, let's go deeper for a minute to explore an important reality. Suppose a company that needs an essential product unwisely chooses to allow the supplier of that product to be the only source for that product. Of course, that sole source supplier's stewardship duty to its own investors and its other constituents is to be the best steward possible. So that supplier typically moves its prices higher to honor that stewardship assignment. When that happens, the buyer in the supply chain, who's paying a premium price, has essentially lost a key battle in its own stewardship responsibility. So, what's the conclusion? A sole source in a supply chain is typically a bad idea. It encourages behaviors against the buyer's interests. So, for sure, the wise, correct task of the ultimate buyer of the product is to steward well by creating a competitive dimension of multiple suppliers in the supply chain. And there are several options to get this done. The buyer can find a legitimate competitor to its sole source supplier in its supply chain. Or it can promote an innovating company to create a competitive product. Or it can look to solve the problem by acquiring the sole source company. Or it can itself invent a revised process or product. Hey, In late 2021, Ford and GM pursued new strategic deals with makers of the computer chips scarce during the pandemic. Now, think back over what we've talked about. One of the most important dimensions and unique benefits of prosperity-creating free markets and supply chains is this. Effective supply chains rely on fruitful cooperation. And fruitful cooperation relies on meaningful competition. Yes, in order to be great stewards themselves, companies compete for the opportunity to cooperate with Toyota. So competition actually stimulates healthy cooperation in supply chains. And that creates great prosperity for all. Wait, what about the ultimate supply chain? Well, 
Jesus offers eternal life, kingdom citizenship, abundant life. And he instituted a brand new supply chain structure for that, starting with the cross and appointing believers to crucial roles in a supply chain, certainly with the proclaiming of the gospel. Sadly, many who say they're Christians don't proclaim the gospel. Some focus on Mosaic law. Others do nothing at all. But God doesn't rely on just one denomination or one church or one Christian for the true gospel. God won't risk relying solely on a faulty link in his supply chain. Tell me, are we fully reliable in our active, daily cooperation with the offering of God's grace through Christ? Supply chain cooperation with Jesus. Thank you for listening to Whitestone Podcast. Visit our website, whitestone.org, for more real-world equipping. There you'll find uncommon video teachings, application and action questions for this podcast episode, and more. Also, check out our unique downloadable resources for group meetups. That's whitestone.org. I'm Kevin Miller.